Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining me this afternoon. I've got a great stream with some great guests that I think you're really going to enjoy. Now, before we get started here, guys, I need to let you know that last night Glenn Beck laid out uh, his case on the Biden crime family and their staggering level of corruption in a viral special called The Reckoning. During the show, we outlined a plan to finally hold the Bidens accountable for their crimes, but it does require listeners to take action in order for it to work. You can head over to thereckoningguide.com right now and download the Biden crime family dossier. The guide helps uh, with a list of hundreds of crimes that the Bidens appear to have committed, as well as contact information for the prosecutors and attorney generals uh, that are relevant that you can go ahead and let them know about so that they can bring this injustice to an end. Join us in demanding that these officials take action and prosecute these crimes. Together, you'll be able to wage a public pressure campaign so great that it can't be ignored. Again, that's reckoningguide.com. And please join by calling on these state officials to finally enforce the law. All right, guys. Well, joining me today, we have some of your favorite guests, some of my favorite guests, the Southern gentlemen from the good old boys, Merrick and Bog Beef. Guys, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having us. How y'all doing? <laughs> what what was the description in the Vanity Fair piece like uh, the esoteric gamers like Southern the, autodidact gamers That's yeah it's a that's a beautiful thing it's, Autodidact yeah. is a is a, a polite way of saying uneducated by the way. <laughs> yeah, it's the nicest way of saying it yeah. yeah It is but you should still get it on your tombstone like I still think that's a fantastic uh, <laughs> epitaph you know He he died as he lived an autodidact gamer uh, you know, uh, the the white uh, monster energy drink just sitting on the on the tombstone <laughs> next to that description. <laughs> Thank uh, you. At least it's not a Bud Light. <laughs> it's, it's yeah. Well, you got to be careful though. You never know. You one Bud Light, and all of a sudden you're you know turning in your triathlon medals for a uh, for a dress. All right, guys. <laughs> so we're we're here today today to talk about Fox News. Now, Fox News, of course. Uh, loves to talk about woke corporations, uh, you know, complain about wokeness happening, this kind of those kind of things. But recently, a report leaked showing that Fox News has a very interesting uh, history of its own. Its own uh, employee handbook has a lot of carve-outs talking about pronouns and those kind of things. A lot of stuff that people would consider woke. But uh, you know, as Bog Beef pointed out on Twitter, this might not just be Fox News embracing wokeness. This might have another source. So we're going to get into all that, guys, in just a moment. But before we do, let's hear from today's sponsor. Are you a college student who feels isolated as Cthulhu swims ever leftward? The Intercollegiate Studies Institute is here to help. ISI offers programs and opportunities for conservative students across the country. ISI understands that conservatives and right-of-center students feel isolated on campus and that you're often fighting for your own reputation, dignity, and future. Through ISI, you can learn about what Russell Kirk called permanent things, the philosophical and political teachings that shaped and made Western civilization great. ISI also offers many opportunities to jumpstart your career. For example, Nate Hawkman, who's been a guest on this show multiple times, got his start at National Review through ISI, and he's just one of many journalists that ISI has helped start their career. If you're a graduate student, ISI offers funding opportunities to sponsor the next generation of college professors. But most importantly, ISI offers college students a community of people that will help them grow. If you're a college student, ISI can help you start a student organization or a student newspaper or meet other like-minded students at various conferences and events. ISI is here to educate the next generation of great Americans. To learn more, check out ISI.org. That's ISI.org. You can click the link down in the description to learn more. All right, guys, so let's go ahead and jump into it. So like I said, a story has shown up here recently. There was a leak of an employee handbook from what it looks like. It was from 2021. And the handbook has outlined a number of things that Fox News wants their employees to remember, a number of guidelines that they're required to follow. Now, let's not forget, of course, this isn't the first time that people have accused Fox News of going woke. For many people, myself included, the... Uh, the, the news network is not anywhere approaching right wing on many issues. Uh, I think a lot of people would have a general problem with some of its coverage, but very specifically when it comes to kind of this new wave of wokeness, this new wave of gender uh, ideology, 
Fox News has always used the preferred pronouns of people in its articles. It has never given the correct pronouns for transgender individuals and instead uh, kind of followed these guidelines when it comes to giving the preferred pronouns of those people. The network also did a show in 2022 uh, kind of what that seemed to you know praise a child transition in one of its segments. And so this is not the first time that Fox News has come under fire for this. And now we see the headlines and, you know, kind of these leaked documents, this leaked handbook. And it looks like Fox News has different procedures outlined for workplace transition, uh, suggesting that, of course, uh, employees use the preferred pronouns of uh, transitioned employees in the workplace, making sure that the transitioned individual feels comfortable going ahead and informing people of their pronouns, uh, educating them is the word used here on, on how their pronouns should be used and about different parts about their identity. And so it looks like there's a lot of language, uh, you know, goes further into gender fluidity and all these different things, non-binary. And it looks like there's a lot of the type of HR language that we would expect from any woke corporation. But of course, Fox News spends a lot of time talking about uh, about how bad it is that corporations are going woke. And so a lot of people said, oh, well, Fox News, they've gone woke. They're, they're, they've done the Bud Light. They've done the exact same thing as these other corporations. What do you guys think? Do you think that Fox News has suddenly uh, embraced gender ideology here? Or is there another explanation as to why they might feel compelled to work this stuff into their employee handbook. Well, no, they haven't. And like, so the, the part of, so this, this sort of starts out sounding like a black pill, but it's the exact opposite of what, of what's going on. So, and, uh, and of course I'm going to do the, uh, the, you know, the two guys on sports center, uh, I don't remember the, who says those guys? The white guy and the black guy. Stuart Scott was one of them, right? Well, well not sports center, but anyways, on ESPN, it's there's Skip Bayless, is it? Is yeah, Skip Bayless. So whatever. <laughs> anytime they praise, anytime they're gonna rip somebody a new a hole, they start out by praising them. Uh, <laughs> like if he's gonna tear LeBron a new a hole, he's gonna come out with a with a LeBron jersey on, you know. And so uh, you gonna do I'm, the Stephen A. Smith voice, right? And I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> because I'm. This is a kind of a flip here, but um. So uh, I, I don't watch Fox News anymore. None of the boomers around me watch him. They've all flipped. Uh, I know a boomer down the street that um, was pissed because his TV, uh, it, it, still, it still flips. When he turns on his TV, it starts on Fox, um, which annoys him. Because now, because since they fired Tucker, all he wants to watch is uh, Newsmax. I think I don't. I think Newsmax is just more available here than than OANN. I don't have anything against OANN, uh, but uh, anyways. And so, um, so that that that's how I, I I don't like Fox. But this this is this is not this thing about the handbook and stuff. This isn't their fault. If you started if you started uh, the National Organization for Anti Transgender, and this and this organization had more than five hundred employees. You'd have the same thing in your handbook. So the, the Fox did not invent civil rights. Now I don't have anything to say about uh, if they're running woke stuff like on on their their sort of editorial programs. That's different. But so the real issue is civil rights law. And so, for example, uh, I don't know if I don't know if people noticed. So this one particular issue, transgenders got really, really, really. The, the everything seemed like it just flipped like a switch. I don't, what happened? Why did all of a sudden this this just like go into overdrive? Why does every institution now sort of on the band like all the way on the bandwagon? This well, it's because the Supreme Court in 2020 there's a case called Bostock. Now this and this this is just like sort of one little this is just one little uh, uh one little piece of the civil rights puzzle here, and uh and so. And here's, let me tell you something. You can't do anything about that. It's very, very unlikely that we could ever, we could, that we could do something about this with the Senate and the Congress and the president. I mean, you know, it's, it's certainly possible, but not anytime soon. But th let me tell you like this, that's like, this is like the, uh, probably uh, one of the most winnable things out there. And plus, if you're a uh, elite theory guy, this is, this is the time to perk up because the only way, the, the way this ends is with the supreme court literally people like the federalist society 
could uh, sort of get this in the heads of the, the you know the, the young jurists and actually the Supreme Court people uh, because like how did how did we get here? So like why does right now why why does the Civil Rights Act mean that like corporations have to celebrate <laughs> degeneracy and stuff? Like why does that? Well, it, that, that remember that was never supposed to be uh, like all the there's a whole mott and bailey thing here and the supreme like what it, like the the original thing is supposed to be like you can't get fired frivolously from a job for being a wrong color or something like that which by the way uh og i don't think women or gay or any of that stuff was included but um it's, and so i don't think anybody if you want to roll that back i mean you know that's not going to happen and most people would feel like you shouldn't be fired for being a, the wrong color or something like that that's that's not really the issue. But what happens is right after the Civil Rights Act is passed, they start tacking all all this stuff. This immediately you get Griggs versus Duke Power, which adds on the most egregious, the, the absolute most egregious part of the Civil Rights Act, which is disparate impact. If there's anything that you could, if you want to sort of spread the word, tell people, if people ask you or you just want to talk to them about the, the why civil rights is so bad, just talk to them about disparate impact disparate impact is insane it's insane like i you know i spent my whole life listening to these people on fox for example tell me that we're just gonna actually why don't we're gonna we're gonna get these democrats by just treating people as individuals i don't see race well let me tell you that's been illegal since like 1965 right it's been illegal that, that that's just like that's illegal to do yeah, that that's really really important. Like I cannot, like I cannot repeat. We cannot repeat this enough. Uh, the current GOP strategy, the current GOP strategy for addressing the issue of race and addressing the issue of identity politics in America is literally illegal by the very act that Ted Cruz was saying that that the GOP was central for supporting on Twitter yesterday. Like literally the entire rhetorical approach of the Republican Party to this issue has been made illegal by civil rights law. And so pretending that race does not exist is not an option because yes. it literally is it, it's literally required to be observed by law by every corporation of more than 500 people. But 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 obviously we're going to get deeper into that. Merrick. Maybe we can uh, clarify for some of the people who are confused. I thought wokeness was Marxism. So why would why would civil rights not law require Fox News to like pay attention to every little bit of this stuff? Like, can't they just ignore it and say this stuff isn't real? We're not woke. Why do they are they infiltrated with Marxists? How are they being compelled to comply with this? Well, you know, before. First of all, we you, you, we Bald Beach, we kind of let Fox off the hook a little bit. You're you're not wrong about this because after 2020, and that uh, thanks to thanks to Gorsuch, uh, you, you know, using somebody's uh, pro or sexual pronouns is part of the, is considered like gender discrimination under the Civil Rights Act. So yeah, you you would run into this problem anyway. But you know, Fox is doing their work in what California and New York. So not only are they are they having to deal with the federal law, which is bad enough, they have st even stricter laws in those states. Something you could do tomorrow if you were Fox News, and they won't because for by, by the way, that was that was specifically true to this case. Uh, there was one of the, the the statutes that they were following was a New York statute, like New York tack on civil rights law. Sorry, right, exactly. So what you could do tomorrow if you were Fox News is you could move your Fox News operation to Miami and not have to deal with any of that. So by the way, you know where Boomer Max is? They're in Florida. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's not like you, it's not like we're talking about Mississippi. You could say, well, you're not going to get people to go to Mississippi. You're not going to be able to get people to go to Miami. Yeah, I think you could probably swing that. But they're not going to because Rupert Murdoch is a shambling uh, zombie pervert. And and I, when it comes to, like, are, is Fox News woke? No, but they they definitely prefer those people to us. They they are vague, probably vaguely embarrassed about their uh, viewership. But Orange covered that in a very recent video about how these corporations like you know Target, for example, or Bud Bud Light have a problem where they don't really like their client their clientele, but they have to deal with them because that's where they're getting paid from. 
But uh, to, to answer your question, uh, <laughs> the, the good James Lindsay argument about, oh, well, this is secretly Marxist. Well, you know, federal law enforcement as we know it came about in, eight, let's say, 1870, I think, which was, that doesn't predate Marxism, but I don't think that Karl Marx really had a huge effect on the Republican, uh, Republican government that established this. And this is a really age-old... This is, I don't know. Uh, I'm down for that conspiracy theory, honestly. But yeah, yeah. The, the, the letter to Lincoln was a secret. Yeah, yeah it was like a, 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 a was it the Manchurian candidate? <laughs> I'm honored. I'm 100% on board on Lincoln. Was it was a deep, <laughs> deep cover Marxist? I'm I've, I'm I'm bought in. But go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, this is pr the the problem is this is like a vulnerable spot for Americans for some reason, and it always has been from you know going back to the eight to the you know, 19th century, is that if you say I'm doing this on behalf of like a certain demographic group in, in, in the country who's, who's you know, down on a lot. You can get away with a lot. This is pretty much the same playbook they've run over and over again. They did it in the 1870s. They did it in the 1960s. And, you know, they do it today. You watch it. <laughs> if you turn on the news, you know exactly what we're talking about. So I, it has not, I'm not going to say it has nothing to do with Marxism because they like, threw in a lot of Mark Hughes ideas. But that's not the inciting ideology this is unfortunately this is a very homegrown idea and you know after all the marxist dinosaurs died off in in, in, in the 1990s this didn't slow down at all it excel it, if anything it has accelerated so that's just that's cope and, and it, it's cope from guys like Lindsay because you know the call came from inside the house the people that who subscribed to his professed ideology they did this this is this was a extremely liberal movement like what, did, could you... did Karl Popper consider himself a Marxist you know yeah I mean it, it does like does doesn't matter because like I said the you know the Republicans in the 19th century were not Marxist and if you really wanted to say here was the birth of this it was then so that that's going to be a problem for them forever but this is an excuse and it kind of you kind of wrap this back into the behavior of Fox News. Uh, James Lindsay doesn't want to be lumped in with us either, and that, like that, you're going to see his behavior. Guys like him, Hanania, they're just going to have to. They're going to have to signal to everybody, look, we're not crazy people. We don't want to actually change anything. We just want to slow this down. We want to, you know, do a little janitorial work so you don't screw up all the great things you've accomplished. Yeah, no, I think that's exactly right. I think there's a, a wider understanding for some of these mainstream anti woke liberals uh, that they need to they need to push back some of these elements. Yeah, sure, they might have needed to make common cause with some of these people, but they they can't actually let them you know drive any of the policy because uh, they they might actually make a change that's meaningful instead of simply like you said wearing off the more extreme edges so the plan <laughs> can kind of continue forward as as originally uh, intended. But now that we understand the motivation behind Fox News here, right, we know that this is civil rights law, that they have to comply this way, that, yes, they could avoid a lot of this stuff by moving to a place like Florida, but they don't want to live in Florida. They don't want to live with the plebs. They, they want to live in New York. They want to go to the cocktail parties. You know, that, that's why they got into the news business was not to lead some kind of conservative movement. It's to manage these people for the elite so that they can go ahead and continue their you know, their lifestyle as they want and so I, I think we understand that that's not going to be uh while the fox news probably doesn't have conservative values the reason it's embracing a lot of this ideology is that it has to by law and it doesn't have another option but of course it's also interesting to look at the ideology of the network many people have pointed out that i think fox news internally is not very conservative at all some of the hosts are a few of them are, but much of the staff is not. Obviously, Rupert Murdoch has some very serious problems with Tucker Carlson. <laughs> and uh, along with, you know, uh, the fact that Dominion may or may not have singled him out as an issue in their lawsuit, it's very clear that there's already tensions uh, created between these two camps, especially when it comes to Tucker's willingness to look at things like January 6th to address issues like the transgender movement. Uh, to call out the violence of that movement. And very importantly, uh, you know, as we saw from kind of his speech right before his show was ended, his willingness to address kind of the spiritual nature 
of these issues. And so while Fox might not be 100% ideologically dedicated to progressive wokeness, it's very clear that they're not exactly against toning down what has now become almost a full-throated uh, resistance by conservatives to what's going on right now. Well, the thing about Fox's ownership, and so this can go different. This can go two different ways, right? So, uh, for I understand, Murdoch got into the conservative news business because there was like a hole in it. There was like this is just like a flat business deal. Like, oh, there's a market segment with a little bit of opening here. I can I can get in on this. And so, when you have this sort of when you have a, sort of an owner that's not that has no like ideological commitment to uh, whatever the thing is. Um, the more that they ignore it, the better it is. And, and sometimes these kinds of businesses, like you could have a conservative paper that's just amazing because there's some rich guy that owns it in Hong Kong. He doesn't care. He collects a check. He doesn't know anything about it. But the more that, that but since that's not the case, the more that Murdoch is involved, the worse it is. But I just wanted to do an asterisk on, uh, you did bring up Hananya. Ha Hananya is solid gold on this subject. And like, so I had, I'm I'm not saying I'm a genius or anything, but I had come to a lot of these conclusions myself. But certainly, Hananya is is the main guy for this, and the things he wrote definitely pushed. Like uh, I'm sure it, it made it a bigger thing in my mind. Hananya is is the best on the subject. Now he he's kind of he's kind of got a little he's kind of grossed out by people on the right politically and stuff like that. But it doesn't matter. Uh, and by the way, he and he's literally. I mean, he's you got you got to give him credit. I, I don't like I don't. But he's doing the thing. So, like two, no, he's two or three days ago, <laughs> he gave the speech to the um, uh, Yale uh, Federalist Society, and he told them everything they need to do, and he laid it out. And like you, you, you can't really argue with any of the things that he said. And he sort of got this that access to that. So, yeah. So, so here's my thing with Hanania. Like, obviously, you're right that he is saying things no one else is saying, or at least not a lot of people who had his audience is saying he gets credit for that. I'm not going to take that away from him, even if half of them are warmed over Steve Saylor takes, who probably yes. a lot, lot more credit in the first place. Like Hanania, basically, because he gets to say those things from kind of the center left, uh, gets away from w away with them, and even though they're the same things that you know guys like Saylor had recognized a long time ago, but don't get to say on well, large platforms. Uh, but, uh, but sorry, like his incredible disdain for uh, red America. I I'm sorry. Like, I just, I, I can't handle it. Like, I, I like, I I'm glad he's saying what he's saying. Good for him. Um, but I know someone who's going to stab me in the back uh, the minute I take one step forward. And that's exactly who it is. So, you know, again, like, he can say true things. James Lindsay says true things. These people are capable of saying true things. I'm glad when they do that. Um, but I just, I just know better than to trust them in any given foxhole, I guess. I, I'm like, I'm like Stalin. Like I'll put you on a show trial after the war. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, he, the, look, the news goblin is just going to act this way. You don't have to, we don't have to give him any credit. You know, he's, if, if, if he wants to say that stuff to the Yale Federalist Society, that's good for them but he's not he's not a friend he's he's obviously an enemy someone who who uses the public platform to just attack your people relentlessly and i mean when i say your people i mean you know like literally our people he's just talking about how disgusting that we are and you know no we don't you don't have to put up with that you don't have to say well you gotta give him credit no no you don't well uh i don't know i mean just being objective uh He's got this access. He's sort of putting this information in front of these people, and that's sort of kind of what needs to happen. Uh, I, you know, I don't know. It's, it, 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 I don't. I don't have to love him, but uh, you know, he could do business with him. You yeah, know, belligerence. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you on that. Again, like I said, it's. It, I'm glad he's saying what he's saying. I'm glad when when these people say things that are true, even if they, you know, they can't turn around the next minute and uh, and crush. You know, like. Uh, what was it? Uh, Iglesias. What's his, what's his first name? Uh, Matt. Matt. Thank you. Like, you know, he'll, he'll say true things from time, from time to time. I'm glad when he does that, oh. I just don't expect this guy to ever be on my side. Right. Oh like, yeah. He, okay. I'm, I'm kind of like, I got, I understand the merit <laughs> perspective. We talk about Iglesias. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah like, like, well, this is the same thing. This is to me, this is the same thing. May, maybe that's Maybe it, I've got a, a, you know, a, a, the wrong, a, the wrong perspective. On that. Cause whenever, <laughs> anytime Iglesias says something that's like uh right wing or whatever, you know, I'm just like, 
he's just doing that to you know get in to, uh you know <laughs> i guess one one billion americans yeah oh yeah. man he should belongs in jail well, yeah, sure. Obviously. Yeah, Hanani is just a less charismatic version of Matt Iglesias, which said, which says it volume. It is impressive, yes. <laughs> so we were talking about Murdoch. This this brings me around to something that you've, I think you threw up a, a nice little thread about it either this morning or, or, or yesterday. You know, Mur Murdoch's thing is, yeah, he entered this, he entered a market that was underserved, and he, he this is pretty much what he did in in every media venture that he ever got involved in. The only thing that I think that you could consistently say that Murdoch, like if he had uh, an ethos, is he's a smut merchant. He likes that. That I think he is a per as a human being, as a person, he is filthy, and he really, according to what people have said, he really got worked up when Tucker Carlson started talking about his his faith, his Christian religion, and that that supposedly scared Rupert Murdoch. Now we obviously can't, you know, allegedly we can't say that exactly what happened, but I have no trouble believing that. And it brings me around to there was the story yesterday about the the, the LA Dodgers have invi invited, disinvited, and then reinvited a drag group of drag performers who dress up like nuns and uh, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and do a like a gay drag show that's themed. After I don't know the the apostles and, and you know it's just just straight up a minstrel show attacking. It's not exactly the, Jesus Christ superstar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you you had a good point. You, your thread like so if you're if you're James Lindsay, can you explain why this is happening? If this is all about you know Karl Marx materialism, it's a secret backdoor to get class warfare to happen. Why is it turning to this? Why did they have the statue in New York on the courthouse of the, you know, the woman with the horns and the weird tentacle arms. Why does it always come back to Baphomet and Moloch if, if this is really just secretly a way to, you know, do, do, do communism but but through woke ideology? Why does it always get back to this? We are at a tipping point in America. With 400,000 children in the U.S. foster care system and a quarter of those awaiting a forever family, Christians must step up. This is Jack Graham, senior pastor at Prestonwood Baptist Church, inviting you to Chosen, a summit addressing these urgent needs on Saturday, April 13th. Chosen will empower churches to begin foster care and adoption ministries and equip families who are adopting or fostering. We have great speakers joining me, including Sadie Robertson Huff and Governor Greg Abbott of the great state of Texas, along with dozens of breakout sessions. I urge you to join us and help make a difference in the lives of these precious children. Register at Prestonwood.org slash chosen. Yeah, it's because that's the core of it. And it's really, Lindsay obviously can't admit this. None of these kind of centrist liberals, you know, these IDW types can admit this. I mean, maybe, you know, obviously like Jordan Peterson, but but a lot of these people can't admit this because the entire thing about their worldview was about disenchanting the world, right? The classical liberal worldview is about the disenchantment of the world. It's about the removal of the spiritual. It's about removing the metaphysical. It's about remo removing these things that are above our rationality or reason, putting them all in kind of this uh, you know, uh, coat closet and trying to find some kind of minimum viable uh, operating system that can allow us to all like buy and sell widgets from each other. And you know that does a lot of impressive things. Obviously, it's made a lot of people rich. We've made some really impor important advancements uh, during that time. Uh, but it, one thing it really makes you do is forget that these things are real and that they remain active and that they will continue to consume your uh, your world. One of the reasons classical liberalism is so open and so easy to infiltration is it denies a lot of really powerful truths and it just kind of hollows out your civilization's ability to resist any of this evil because it turns it all into like, you know, science that moves everything, all these conflicts of moral vision into the realm of the scientific. And all of a sudden you're sitting in a position where you don't have these like really basic mechanisms that were built into human beings like disgust and shame that were supposed to protect you from this stuff. Like the, these really deep human in, uh, intuitions that you can't really explain, you can't r rationally sort out in any given situation, but are incredibly valuable because they protect you against deep, horrible things that you can't really speak the name of. And all of a sudden you've stripped all that stuff away. And yeah, that, again, that was really useful for the market. Congratulations. You can sell all kinds of really crazy things uh, when you get rid of that stuff. 
but eventually it degrades your society in a way that becomes obvious. And so it's really important that this stuff, of course, again, is not spiritual. So I think if you put this question to someone like Lindsay, you'd be like, oh, well, these are, you know, they don't really believe in the devil. They don't really believe in Satan. This is all ironic, you know, ironic, post-modern, you know, blah, 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 to try to break down, you know, rationality, whatever. But yeah, it is that. But also, the, there's no such thing as ironic Satanism, because that's what Satanism is, yeah. right, is, is the rejection of uh, an, any understanding of order, understand, understanding of natural hierarchies, the understanding of kind of the laws that have been placed into our universe by, by something divine. And so, yeah, you can be ironic about your, uh, your effectuation of that position, but at the end of the day, you're still doing the work, and that's kind of the whole point. It's so obvious that he has his that, that you know he has his own religion, where <clears throat> Karl Marx is the devil. I'm like, I don't know, the East India Company or wherever this, wherever <laughs> this, 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 this the classical liberalism comes from. Uh, you know, the guy's pushing heroin to, to China and stuff like that. Uh, I, it, it's completely ridiculous. I, one of the best things I took from your recent series on Dugan is the part where uh, Dugan, and I'm paraphrasing, but Dugan's like, um, oh, all these things are dead. He's like, oh, if you if you like the Hugo Boss uniforms from fascism, you can just take them. It doesn't matter. Fascism, dead. Hitler's dead. Mussolini's dead. Uh, and then communism, uh, uh Karl Marx is dead. All these people are dead. All that stuff is over. Right. And I like the, the main thing I don't get about this because people will say, like, well, you're going soft if, if, if you don't, if your like main enemy isn't um, like 20th century Russia. Like, the, like, so clearly we have enemies now, right? And so uh, let's, let's say you were, let's say these people are right. Like, the, like these people were really secretly motivated by uh, Karl Marx and stuff like that. Like, well, does is that help you? Like, how does that help you? Is is that make you better predicting what they're going to do? Because I I don't really think so. Like we know, like we have enemies right now, and they don't walk around calling themselves communists, you know. So like, you know, we we could just we we could just you know fight the battles that's that's in front of us, and not the one that's 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 gone. It's, you get the ghost dancing thing. Yeah, it's, it's hard, I hate to break it to you guys, but you're not being ruled by Foucault or Marcuse. You're being ruled by the Civil Rights Act. <laughs> like that's yeah. that's what that's what's operative. Like that's what's actually going to take your children. Don't get me wrong. Like Foucault might have argued for you know the the allowance of the kind of stuff that's going to happen to your children at the hands of the state, but it's going to but the operative legislation that's going to allow the government to do this stuff is the kind of stuff we're talking about right now. It, like if you this thing like uh even if i, I love the soviet union if you're trying to sort of uh if you think that karl marx tells gives you like a perfect roadmap to the decisions that joseph stalin's gonna make you're wrong you're right. wrong like he like he didn't you know he didn't become the you know the the god emperor of the soviet union because uh, he read the most karl marx books he was just a ruthless thug that took this thing over and as time passes these things, the I just love that about about the Dugan stuff, where he, you know, he he really gets that, pushes that, that we, you know, we live we live in a different world than uh, the the sort of the heroic battles of World War II and all that stuff like that. I would say, you you were your part where he has his own religion is correct, but the thing is, it's it's. You know, it's not a religion where Karl Marx is the devil, but it's like an animist religion. And you know, word words sell crap. Words, ideas, are imbued with some kind of uh, really. It's like so. There's like a metaphysical power to these things. And to, in the mind of James Lindsay, who is a Reddit atheist, like he's God. And, and I mean that sense. Like there's nothing greater than him. There's no power greater than him. He has figured everything out. And unfortunately, if this is just like a James Lindsay thing, he would be a, a you know a bizarre cult guy, and we could ignore him. But we're not. He, that's the religion of the people who run the country for at least two generations. If you're being if you're being conservative about it, probably a lot longer than that. And, and that that is why that's the real reason why we always get back to you know <laughs> there's there's always going to be a Baphomet statue on Epstein Island or whatever. That's just why it is because. They revel in picturing themselves having the power, like the the ultimate power, to being as powerful as God. That, that's really they can't get past that. And 
once you once you like this is there's a good reason for why in our religion pride is like the greatest sin. And, and I, if it's funny when you think about that, how many people in this country are ostensibly Christians? But I think we don't we we don't follow that theology anymore. Pride is not is not something that's a, a deadly sin any longer. It's celebrated literally. Literally a month, whole month. Yeah, Ramadan. There's gonna be, yeah, yeah, there's going to be an entire like Roman fest extended festival to uh, debauchery, and it's going to be literally called Pride. And I think is, there there might have been a verse or two about. About cornholing too, by the way. Not not <laughs> yeah. just the not just the pride. <laughs> yeah, that you're talking might, about the you're talking about the 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 uh, game you play in the you know parking lot during the football exactly. games. Right? Right, okay. Exactly. Right. Okay. Um, That's a terrible game. No, I, I just want to be clear that yeah, Merrick, we you're right that we've spent a lot of time you know here talking mentioning Lindsay, but to be really clear, it's not just him. He's he's not like he didn't come up with this. He's not the only guy doing this. Like we're focused on him now. Cause he's the one who's loudest about it. He was just, you know, he, basically he just agrees with the left on Christianity. He hates Christians. He's scared of Christians. He's more worried about Christians than he is about the woke. Um, he's a and, moderate and, progressive. He's a reformed progressive. Yeah, exactly. And, and so, and so at the end of the day, he might not like the excesses of wokeness and some people might listen to him because of that, but he's not their friend. He's not their ally. He hates them. He wishes that they would never have power again, that they're, views would be purged from the public square like and is and, and he's not particularly coy about that to his credit like it's not like he's hiding this when he's showing up on all these conservative uh you know shows of whatnot he just the people don't care because they want to hear him you know lay out the the eighty thousand point plan to get rid of wokeness but <laughs> uh b- but the point is like people like him are always going to be there sam harris was this before sam harris decided <laughs> right sam harris was doing exactly this thing right he was <laughs> yeah. oh da- wokeness is dangerous wokeness is dangerous trump shows up sam harris loses his effing mind right? Lindsay's he's on that arc right now by the yeah. way by the oh, 2024 yeah. ends he's going to be he'll, sam harris he'll, yeah he'll be talking about how he doesn't care how many bodies are buried under biden's house yeah it's it, absolutely he'll he'll be talking about how you have to censor christians and gulag them all to keep them from yeah it, 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 he's absolutely on that heart arc gotta get them weapons of mass destruction too <laughs> yeah it's funny if you remember the early 2000s there was this concept that uh, global war on terror advocates talked about the moderate muslim we got to do we're gonna we're gonna have the help of the moderate muslims to, to do x and, and y right. and so it's like, it's like a, a a category of person who basically doesn't exist and this has nothing to do with the with the Islamic faith. It's just, you're, you're, you're making I mean, up. it's, it's good for them. It's basically saying we should make like the Unitarian church for Muslims, uh, make a Pope for it and have them tell these guys to do what we want. Right. And James Lindsay is the moderate Muslim of their religion, which is good news for us because it means like they, they hate him because he's an apostate and we hate him because he's not one of, he's not one of us and he never will be. So the good news is people like him, you're not going to have to worry about them. They're always going to go to this arc. They're always going to end up, you know, like Sam Harris, but the, 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 you know, the bad news is they're helping, just helping destroy us. They're pushing us to the mar to the margins in our own country as they have been, you know, if you want to, if you wanted to put a date on it, you could, you could do worse than 1964. I, I thought you said a great thing. I, I love to, I love to, to do this because this is, um, this is like one of these things that, uh, cause you know, they, they always talk about the big science and stuff like that. And, um, one of the things I'll sort of claim is sort of God is incompatible with science and there's, but there's things they don't tell you. So number, so here's a funny thing. So I'll pick this up from listening to Dr. Drew. You know, Dr. Drew is this addiction medicine specialist. I don't think he's a particularly religious man or anything like that, but you pick up something, you listen to him when he, when he talks about his job. So, you know, he's, he, uh, people says I'm addicted to drugs. I need help. I need you to do something for me. Doctor, doctor, you know, doctor, they didn't go to their, their priest or whatever. They went to a doctor. If you like, and if you go to a medical doctor who went to a med school, uh, they are not going to treat you. Uh, and by the way, this is in reference to Merrick. You, you made a reference to, uh, something being greater than you and that that is such a great sort of uh way to describe religion as such so uh if you go to one of these doctors tell them i need to get off drugs here's one thing they will not treat you unless you get into a 12-step program now the in the 12-step program will not treat you unless like it this 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 form of treatment it does just physically doesn't work unless you are unless you are able to to accept the concept that there's something greater than you 
because you know it's important in this because like literally their mind is lying to them like their mind is like you can take you you can take some more heroin it's fine or you need some more heroin you'll die if you don't get it so someone in that case really needs to understand like they they're going to die if they don't understand that their brain is not the most not the biggest thing in the universe that there is there is something they have to have it they have to have a foundation outside themselves and uh remember this and so these doctors that uh go to med school and they're not they're not a religious doctor they have to use this crutch to do their job they have to and i don't know i I just feel like that, that that should be more publicized no, that, that's a really good point. That's one of the things that always struck me. Uh, you guys familiar with Rob uh, Halford of Judas Priest? I don't know, <laughs> um, but but you know th- this guy is the lead singer of Judas Priest. Obviously, he's a rock star. He's he's gay. He his uh, his live-in boyfriend had just like blown his own head off because they had just like got trapped in this like downward spiral of drugs or whatever, and and just like a ridiculous thing. And as he's trying to recover, the first thing he does when he like gets into an interview is like yeah i'm recovering because like i now understand that like there's a higher power over me and i have to like you know like like you're saying like this guy who should stand for everything against this like in order to become clean the first thing he says is is acknowledge exactly what you're talking about when you get in this serious situation you have to you this is these are like and so if you're if you're in a very comfortable situation maybe you don't have to understand this but people on the end of the rope they have to understand this. And I, I just always, these doctors, they, they don't publicize this, but they, 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 they need this too. You, you might, you might be listening to this and asking, why are they talking about religion? This would be about wokeness and civil rights law. But the thing is, you know, the, this, everybody has a religion. I, I, I don't, I'm not, I know I'm not the first person to say this, but like every, my thing is every education is a religious education, whether you realize it or not. Yeah. I was a, a, a very good uh, post uh, by James Kirkpatrick the other day on Twitter. He was saying, you know, every, every nation has ever existed and ever will has its own state religion. Also not the first person to say that, but it's obvious. And if you, if you tell me that you, you know, oh, I'm not religious. Not only are you wrong, I know exactly what religion you belong to. Like that's yeah. like that's the creed of, of the civil religion that runs the United States. And the civil rights movement, not necessarily the Civil Rights Act, but the civil rights movement is their it's like their their biblical tale, right? It's the passion it's, play. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's and, the stations and, and, of the cross. They kind of have the they kind of have the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Old Testament was you, you know, before sixty four. You know, the old, Abraham Lincoln was Moses, right? And, and they had they had this the first act, and it moved on to the second act. And, and it, it 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 used to be kind of that used to be a hard sell. I was telling you before we came on it, to to say the things that we were saying now. If we said it two years ago, it would have been we would have been written off as crazy. But more and more people have are coming to accept it because it's so obvious because of the way they behave about these things. They don't treat, they don't treat, you know, your arguments about transsexuals as a difference of opinion or ideology, you know, or well, this pluralism want to learn to get along. No, they treat you like you have blasphemed against their God because you have, this is, this is part, this is part and parcel. It's absolutely necessary for this to be possible for their religion to work. And, and as the main thing that their religion offers is the promise of material abundance. That's always been what it what it has what it has offered. Now it also offers you, like all religions do, comfort and gives you meaning in your life. But because it's a material, it's explicitly materialist religion, part of that is we have to be able to give you stuff. And as it gets harder and harder for them to do that, to deliver that because of mistakes that they've made and just the decline of empire in general. They're going to get crazier and crazier about this. They have to keep slicing piece, pieces of the electorate, pieces of the country off and pushing them out of the, the, the groups that, that has allowed to have anything and take and literally take your stuff and, and give it to their friends. Now, James Lindsay would call this Marxism, but it's, not, it's like it's just not someone in Sumeria would have completely understood this. Oh, you mean your king is going to go and attack these people and take all their stuff and give it to his and give it to himself? Throw down oh, yeah. their gods, erect yeah. statues of your gods. Yeah, yeah. He he wasn't. You know, Ingalls wasn't 
channeling through Marduk, right? This is just some, this is a part of human nature. But <laughs> James Lindsay, ironically, just like the people that he complains about 24-7, doesn't believe in human nature, so he's not able to see this. <laughs> yeah, it all goes back to Zeus. Uh, you know, <laughs> the, well, here's another little thing about this is that um, just a big bonus of if, if we were able to do something about civil rights, and I really do think we, we could. I mean, like the main things the bar, that, yeah. it, like it's it's so much. It would be so much easier. It's funny. This is like one of the biggest, the the biggest hairiest monsters in all of politics. But like, uh, because of whatever variety of reasons, senator from Pennsylvania, spe- specifically that you don't need to pass a law to deal with this. Uh, it's one of the it's one of the more solvable problems. If we were to solve this problem, one of the biggest ways that the Democrat Party runs is on these racial, ethnic, and other uh, patronage schemes. And <laughs> like the ways that they can pay these people and uh, is because these are the these are the protected classes. And protected classes is definitely something that can be wiped away. The, they could uh, do it to, the Supreme Court could do it tomorrow if they had the will yes. to do it, but they don't because you know that that's not in the that's not in the original law. These guys could do that, and you'll notice that like um, that there's no protected group that votes Republican. You know what I mean? Every protected group is a group. If you got a group that votes eighty uh, no. percent Democrat, they're they're protected class. Well, but that's not true. There are they uh, say protected class doesn't mean. Were, were you going the Moonies or something? <laughs> well, yeah, you I'm know, wondering what, who are you referencing? Christians, Christians vote Republican. No, he just said that aren't that that are a protected class vote Democrat. Christian yeah. is a protected class. Okay, well, we'll go go. But it's not a protected the, class. Go oh, right, put a case for that. What same, happened in that the same way that, In the same way that white and male is not a protected class. Yeah, right. right but the okay, yes, I, you're saying de facto they're not protected, but we, right, right, right. But by the the law says they are. The law says that Christians and white men they're all protected classes. Yeah, You're but, not allowed but to that's, discriminate. But, that's but that useless. Right? That is a matter. broken path. I, I mean, so that that path people have thought about that. Like, what if we just use civil rights for white people? That that is a broken path. That that is just not going to work, in my opinion. Well, uh, oh. <laughs> This is Sorry, a, finish your thought. We both kind of jumped in there. This is this, this is this. You're, it's exactly what you said a second ago. It's a decision that the justices could make tomorrow if they chose to. You could, you could, and, and uh, they might be doing that with the affirmative action ruling that, uh, that that's going to come down soon. You can say this discriminates against white people. You can't do this. It's, it this violates the Civil Rights Act. The law, the the text of the Civil Rights Act, in theory, offers you the same protections it offers people who vote for the Democratic Party. I know in practice that doesn't happen. But my point is that's a way you could do this without repealing anything. You can ch- you could tomorrow change the way these things are actually enforced. And that, that the court has that power, but this is the same court in 2020 that made transsexuals uh, officially part of the prote- officially a protected class. They're not going to do that. Gorsuch is a maybe if if Trump would have Appointed different people to the court, you, we could have this conversation, but he didn't, and it's probably not going to happen. Yeah, I think the affirmative action decision will be the most important crux of this. If we're obviously, you know, the the Roe decision was shocking; no one expected it. I think a lot of people uh, could, couldn't believe that court took an action like that. So before that, I would have certainly said like, "Oh, Supreme Court's looking at affirmative action." Sure, yeah, right after the, you know. <laughs> You, you catch the unicorns or whatever. Uh, but but now it does seem like something that might possibly really get addressed. And the manner in which they address it, whether it's a narrow ruling or whether it's something that really does kind of shift the ground under kind of our, our current regime and you know, civil rights regime, I think is is pretty key. I think that'll be a really interesting, uh, you know, we, we can sit around and kind of pontificate on which way this thing's going to go or how action could best be taken. But I think that ruling is going to be kind of a seismic shift if it if it takes any uh, action of real substance. Yeah, and, and you know the thing about that is the ruling they're already looking for ways around this, and I right. see somebody in chat kind of getting ahead of it here, which is the problem is you can't take a system that was designed to attack a group of people, let's say white Christians, you know, who 
founding stock of the United States or whatever. You can't take a system designed to punish them and take stuff from them and turn that around. The system just simply won't allow it. And, and they could very easily uh, they can very easily do that when it comes to yeah you can make affirmative action against the law in the text of the law, but Harvard can still can still do that. They can that they can, that's true. Okay, so that's true. How like by the way, you know you can you can get rid of affirmative action uh, using the same path. Like uh, I don't know if you see you know what Texas does. Texas. Uh, they all the, the schools have to guarantee that the uh, if you make like an AV honor roll, you have to get into college, and that's so many people that basically it gets rid of uh, affirmative action. University of Texas does that. That's 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 like so you could do that in reverse, by the way. But like the, uh, I would not. I mean, I'd be careful. Like so, th these sort of changes to Supreme Court law would have huge effects. Now, if the Supreme Court ruling was just on affirmative action. I mean, eh, you know, maybe that maybe there'll be some movement. I mean, by the way, you know, this is to some extent true for 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 abortion. I mean, so you know, they they still got these pills; they could drive you to states and stuff. But the the sort of big fundamental changes that would happen from uh, the uh, get, getting rid of things like protected classes, disparate impact, and stuff would be huge. They would be respected. I mean, so. You, you know, Supreme well, Court makes rulings about guns and stuff that, that right. people and, don't and like, and they have to follow it. Beyond the material, and I know people don't like it, this kind of analysis, but like, even if let's say the the Dobbs decision changed, not like if every person like you know, if abortion is illegal in Texas now, so if every person in Texas who would have gotten abortion instead of orders pills off of Amazon or whatever, and they still have the abortion, the do that that ruling still matters because you have gone from something that is not as legal and celebrated by the the state government whether it was or not like, the you you lived next to an abortion clinic in Texas you see you saw this mm -hmm. every day you go from that to okay this is something you're going to do in secret through the mail that makes a difference that sends a message to people it, it once you as Oren alluded to earlier about things like shame and disgust once you you know, put the the label on something that makes it low status and gross. There's really no coming back from that, especially unless unless you have some kind of overriding moral principle, which, by the way, super progressives do. They call abortion a sacrament, and to them it is. Okay, but so, so to normal people, them. but to normal people, that that makes a difference. If like if they if they're told well, this is bad, it's illegal, you have to go on some weird website and order pills they're going to be less likely to do it by the and way you, you just it just changes how you think about yourself as a country too if you didn't if if and say in florida this year they're not going to have a lot of pride parades they've canceled it because of the governor's new law anti anti-grooming law well if next if you know, next year they have fewer if, what if hap what happens if you have miami and there's no pride parade at all in the, in the month of june well that changes something doesn't it why mm -hmm. I canceled my tickets as soon as I found out you wouldn't be on. <laughs> but Rog's appearance at the festival, you know, he was top billing, and now yeah. as soon as you, if you can't groom minors, what you know, what's the point? Those are very uh, eye-opening moments. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're not uh, the leather daddy communities hurt most by this. I, yeah. I, th there was a, a weird admission that we have to cancel this because the the governor passed a law against grooming children, so pride <laughs> yeah. parades straight out this year. It, it, it yeah, was very funny because a couple of like conservatives were like, "Well, that's ridiculous. Obviously, that's not true." It's like maybe it just is true. Like maybe 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 they're just saying this because it's true, guys. Like maybe maybe if they're telling you. Who they are? You can, just, you can just listen. It's okay. You don't have to. You don't have to rush in. But uh, yeah, I, I, that was a, an amazing moment where all these different organizations, like, well, if we can't, if minor, if if five year olds can't show up and watch us do this stuff, then what's the point, right? Yeah. Speaking of, you know, I've heard my uh, two quick things about these, these these sort of issues. So one thing, living next to that uh, drive, I drove past an abortion clinic on my way to work every day when I used to live in Texas, and it sort of changed it sort of changed my mind about how serious the, the anti-abortion movement was because no matter what the weather was like or anything, these people were there outside the clinic. The, the, that were trying to, you know, make a last minute, a plea. They were there 100% of the time. Like even like when it rains in Texas, it really rains. 
And I don't know. You just, I just saw how serious these people are. Um, yeah, no, I mean, you, you have the, the March for Life every year and the, it has a massive turnout compared to most of these demonstrations that the media covers, but it gets no coverage for very obvious reasons, right? Like you, you can't let people know that there's any kind of actual uh, opposition to this kind of thing. But, but the point, we're a little off topic here, but the, the point being is that in a way that perhaps that ruling did not, a, a ruling against the affirmative action uh, regime kind of would directly again strike at the heart of the patronage machine for the left mm-hmm. in a way that 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 one you know it, it, there's some level of patronage there but it's, it's not quite the same and so you know seeing seeing a shift in that realm is one that really does uh, and and like Merrick said obviously like yes there are ways around this people are going to try to avoid it you can already see a lot of these ivy league schools shifting themselves away from sat and act scores to like completely just sab based entry so that you can't prove that it's affirmative action right like oh it's just you know this percentage of people happen to produce all the most compelling essays what do you find compelling stories about minorities that overcome difficulty so you know they've they've just found another way to implement it but forcing that change does matter and i think it's a a thing that puts a lot of these uh, explicitly, uh, you know, identity-based payouts uh, kind of on notice and puts them in a more legally gray area in a way that uh, that could curtail a lot of this and throw uh, some of the leftist machine into uh, out of whack. You know, I've written like two articles. You know, in my life. One of the articles was um, uh, there was some law passed in Oakland or something like that, or San Francisco or something, where they were gonna uh, the city was gonna collect tax money and pass it out, cash money to black people that live there and there was this huge outrage about how this is illegal and i wrote an article saying no this is completely legal you 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 you, you don't you don't know you don't know how bad it is you you don't know it this no this is, is in fact very legal and very cool as trump would say um mm. and <laughs> yeah yeah it is very very legal yes yeah de- te- technically yes but you know de-, de jure sure maybe but you know de facto yeah this is 100 percent happening and no one's gonna stop it small asterisk about this is that every there every supreme court ruling in favor of civil rights it is very mealy mouth they never they never just sort of puff their chest out and say hell yeah civil rights is awesome and we're going to do this every time civil rights is sort of addressed by the court and they always say like well, you know, we, we, there's a line that we didn't cross here. You know, we, we could have went further, but we were being very, very, it, it's, it's so, it's just, a, I don't know. It's just a little asterisk I've added to this. Yeah. The, the process is supposed to be affected by the administrative state later on. It's, it's you know, yeah. the procedural outcomes will, will solve it. They don't, they only have to get the ball rolling. They don't have to outline it all. It's a great point, and there's a case before the Supreme Court right now that they could drive a stake through the heart of the administrative state if they right. wanted to, it, to, yep. to uh, stop them from being able to rule through regulation. If they yeah. did that, that would also destroy this entire this entire program. It, it only functions if you can, you know, issue these vague rulings that could mean anything, and then have the bureaucrats hash it out for 20 years until it becomes something that everybody's, like, oh yeah, of course. We just we we've always known that this is how it's always been. Yeah, the one-two punch of the Chevron doctrine and uh, uh, and uh, the, the affirmative action could could certainly throw things uh, for a loop for the left. I'd be be happy to see them try to escape that one. They'll figure it out, I'm sure. But I have a question for you about. Sure. You know, do you think? So we we've had a lot of movement in the last few years that was kind of surprising. Do you think it's that? trend you know <laughs> doing transsexual experimentation on children was just a bridge too far for normal people do you think that's what's happening yeah i i think i really do think it is i think that um it's been pretty easy to sell the right a lot of these changes as long as you boil the frog slow enough uh but this one does feel like a like a bridge that's too far like like once you're across this something fundamental breaks um, and it, not, not that the, you know, the conservative movement hadn't died by a thousand cuts before this, uh, and not really noticed, but this does feel like, uh, like something that is so desperately unnatural, that is so horrific when you actually understand what it involves and it's so irreversible and so clearly devastating to the people it's being uh, applied to 
that I think, um, you know, th there's not a lot of disgust left. There's not a kind of a, a lot. Of... Are, are we running the stream now? Mm. Uh, yeah, I guess it's, it's our show now. Yeah. So what did you ask him? I asked him if he thought it was a bridge too far to, you know, to let people have their children. I, but, so but, let me answer that. So I would say, by the way, now you're tuning in the good old voice. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, and, and we can say whatever we want. He gets banned from YouTube, not us. So yeah. Go, go all wild. Uh, so I think, uh, so I, I, I'm less cavalier about that, but I would say that, uh, you know, Gay rights, like the thing is, there were always gay people to some extent. I mean, that stuff was going on since since uh, Leviticus. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So now, how they how they sort of how they sort of behaved and the relationship to the state was kind of what was what was up for grabs. Like, um, do you are they in? Are, are they they got to do that in West Hollywood or can they? Uh, do it in the pride parade or whatever. Um, well, the, well, the big difference is you can't. You there's no protection against this. If you're if you're a rich lib in 1970, you can pay to send your kids to private school so you don't deal with the the outcomes that you've created in the public education system. You can move to a gated community. You can do this. You can't. You can't stop the school guidance counselor from telling your your son that he can become your daughter. There's no, there's no escape. This can happen. You to might anybody. not be able to stop the internet. Yeah, that's another good point. Like, none of this, none of the, the specifically the trend, and that's why I think six million is just completely. Uh, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, my uh, my home internet has gone off, so we're we're working on some exciting. Uh, ah, hot we. Spot. We would have just kept going immediately, I, but I thought it was I thought it was me. But um, yeah, I, mean, I was like, wait a minute. It, uh, I froze up too. It wasn't just it wasn't just him. okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, that said, uh, we probably shouldn't test the limits of my newly returned uh, internet. So let's <laughs> go ahead and cut to the questions of the people here real quick before we do, gentlemen. Uh, in uh, go ahead and let the people know where they can find all of your excellent work. Merrick, you know the spelling? Yes. <laughs> Patreon.com slash G-O-O-D-O-L-B-O-Y-Z. The problem with that with that name is that rough, roughly every 72 hours, someone else starts a new podcast called the Good Old Boys Podcast. I'm not lying. There's yeah, like there's like 20 of them. Guys got to chase down all those cease and desists, you know. Yeah, a lot of one of them's a Hicklib podcast, which is really fun. Oh no, terrible! Yeah, all right, guys. Well, yeah, make sure everybody's reading uh, or everyone is checking out uh, the Good Old Boys. Obviously, uh, hilarious, great content. Make sure that you are subscribing to them. Uh, let's go ahead and jump over to our uh, chat here, real quick. Uh, Skyler R for ten dollars. Ryan Dawson made a great documentary on the Biden crime family a couple years ago called Corn Pops Revenge. Uh, the things that are now coming to light he knew years ago. Well, I do, I'm do. i not familiar with that, but that does sound like a hilarious title. Thanks for letting us know about that. Uh, Matty Ice here for $10. Awesome guests. Uh, have really enjoyed their X-Files episodes. Hope everyone's having a good week. Yeah, guys, uh, get, getting into the X-Files business. That was a good move. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, Bog Beef's idea. I, I was like, nah, who's going to listen to us talk about the X-Files? Well, Ryan Mason is if is Mark Andreessen into the into OODA loop? If so, type in the chat and I'll I'll, I'll get a hold of him. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> All right, TJ uh, Lukeson for five dollars. Uh, hey, Oren, love the show. Thank you very much. Uh, question: Are you familiar with Greg uh, Bonson and the concept of phenomena? I'm not sure exactly how to pronounce that. Sorry. So obviously, I'm not very familiar. If you are, what do you think about it? Yeah, sorry, man. I, I appreciate the super chat, but I am not familiar with that gentleman or uh, that concept. Uh, but if you have any more information, just let me know. Uh, you can kind of at me on Twitter and I'll check it out. Uh, and then uh, Heath here for $5. I think the left would literally do anything, including a second CW before they let the courts tear down their machine. Uh, I mean, obviously these are very difficult things for the left to let go. I think you're right that they would do just about anything they could to stop it. However, there are limits. Uh, I think the the left 
uh, don't really have the le the level of elite organization or uh, ability to kind of uh, do what you're talking about there, Heath. Uh, I think that uh, some of this breaking down uh, slowly would throw a pretty serious wrench in their plans uh, and would affect them in a way that I don't think they are really ready to deal with. Uh, I, I think you're right that, uh, as you know, both Merrick and Bogby pointed out, it wouldn't just be a, a flip switch tomorrow. They wouldn't just get rid of affirmative action and all of a sudden, like, all the problems would be solved. Um, but obviously, those those rulings would be significant. They are real serious political wins uh, and I think we should uh, I think we should still, you know, look at those as positives. We, we, we don't we don't want the perfect to be the enemy of the good here. It's it's important to be realistic about your chances. It's important to be realistic about what can happen. But I think it's also a mistake to say, oh, well, nothing can ever work. None of this will ever uh, get solved. And so, you know, the, we don't want to embrace defeatism while we're still being realistic about you really. Life. You really don't have to have defeatism on this because this topic is too boring for that kind of thing. <laughs> That's There's not no one's gonna throw a Molotov cocktail because of disparate impact. It's just not yeah. gonna happen. Griggs you is should, gone. Rise up, you know. Yeah. You, you should. Yeah. You can't. It could be said that the when this first began, they had an entire half of a continent to 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 work you know, to to settle. And you know the second when the second round came through, they had the post war boom, the the ultimate the the height of. It's hard to imagine if there was a, ever a nation in the history of the world that had as much wealth as a percentage of the of the world as we did, you know, in the fifties. <laughs> Look at an economy car from nineteen fifty seven. Right, they don't have that luxury anymore. They it, it they're not dealing with a perm. Like it's easy to do that when you're growing. When you say, mm -hmm. okay, we're gonna you're gonna share, you know, a, a slice in the growth that's gonna happen the next ten years. When things are shrinking, that's a totally different story. That's you're in the prison yard with shivs at that point. Yeah, no, I think that's exactly right. When you're when you're not in that boom period, when you're not saying, okay, we'll go along because at least we get a, a piece of this incredible material increase. When you don't have that yeah. miracle of, of permanent progress, then uh, that that becomes a much more difficult sell. You're in a, you're in a whole different environment. Must be nice to be like Lithuanian or something. You know what I mean? Like it, th there's you're not on some wild ride. You know, things sucked yesterday. They probably kind of suck today. It's just you, you just gotta you, you just chill. You, you, you long for the regular mediocrity of Lithuania, is that the <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah manage your expectations. All right, all right, guys. Well, I appreciate everybody coming by. I appreciate everybody hanging in there through some technical difficulties. Uh, really appreciate all the chats, guys. And as always, uh, really appreciate the good old boys. Make sure that you're checking out the work that they do over at the podcast. Help them out of the Patreon. Uh, make sure you're checking out the Twitters and all that stuff. They deserve it. And of course, if this is your first time here, make sure that you subscribe to this channel. And if you want to get these broadcasts as podcasts, make sure that you go over to your favorite podcast platform and subscribe to the Orrin McIntyre show. When you do, make sure that you leave a rating or review. That really helps out with all the algorithm stuff. All right, guys, thanks for coming by. And as always, I will talk to you next time. <laughs>